you probably never heard of me before uh, this uh, symposium, but when you're finished, just remember I'm the guy that buys companies and is involved with all of those initials. <clears throat> I am a founder of Colbert Kravis Roberts, and we are closely tied to Wall Street. We are not Wall Street, however. My career actually began on Wall Street, first as a messenger for Goldman Sachs in the summers while I was in college, and then going on from there to Bear Stearns, where I became a partner in the corporate finance department. I left Bear Stearns in 1976 to form KKR, a firm which specializes, as you just heard, in leveraged buyouts. I'm not sure that many of you had heard about LBOs before the symposium. You read about them and you probably wonder, what is this all about? Well, it's a concept which is approximately 20 years ago my partners and I pioneered. And it means the purchase of 100% of companies for cash by a newly formed corporation. We finance the acquisition with large borrowings from banks, insurance companies, pension funds, and we contribute our own equity dollars and that of our uh, partners who are also institutional investors. The cash flow from the company, however, must be sufficient enough to make sure that the company can continue to grow, come up with new products, have adequate working capital, and in no way be stymied for the future. At first, we acquired companies that were all very small. In fact, in 1972, the largest company we had acquired at that point was approximately $35 million. 1979, we acquired a company called Hudai Industries down in Florida for $355 million. And everybody, including the press, thought we were crazy. They said, you'll never get it financed. It doesn't work. Concept makes no sense. Well, during the past five years, as you've heard, uh, the size of the leverage buyouts that we've completed have grown dramatically. And the last three that we have acquired approximated a total of $18 billion in purchase price. And that was Beatrice, Safeway, and Owens, Illinois. And today, practically every Wall Street firm, banks, insurance companies, and pension funds, in one way or another, are involved in the leveraged buyout business. Our acquisitions are not of a hostile nature, the ones you read about. To the contrary, all of our acquisitions are done on a friendly basis. We're the board of directors of the target company eventually will vote favorably for our transaction or we will not go forward. We work with the management. The management becomes our partner in every single case. Once a company is taken private through the LBO, it can be managed for the long term without the fear of facing another hostile raider. We look at hundreds of companies each year. They come from all sources. Investment bankers show them to us, our own research, and then companies that are put into play because of the hostile takeover are sources of acquisitions which we've completed. Safeway is a good example of a company that was put into play by the Dart Group. They came to us to remain independent. We acquired the company. Today, the company is privately owned by the management and ourselves. The management in each case becomes an owner, and that's critical to the success of a leveraged buyout. In the case of Beatrice, for example, the management owned no equity when we started. Today, they own approximately 12.5% of this company. The corporate overhead of this company when we acquired it 
was approximately $212 million. When the management got in with their own equity incentive and their own capital at risk, they've been able to cut this corporate overhead and at the same time continue to grow the core businesses. The corporate overhead is now, one year later, $100 million versus the 212 when we bought it. Speaking of overheads, KKR only has 18 professionals. 15 of us work on transactions. We have three in the accounting department. We've been able to acquire over 30 companies in the last uh, 10 years for total purchase price approximately $30.5 billion. I guess if you took the sales of all of our companies that we currently own and added them up, uh, KKR, who you'd never heard of probably before uh, today, would be ranked among the top 10 companies in the United States in terms of sales. But more importantly, we've been able to show our institutional partners a compounded annual rate of return over the past 10 years of 59%. Earlier I mentioned I've been tied to Wall Street for many years. Unfortunately, a, former, a handful of former stars in Wall Street have temporarily given the industry a black eye. Images of greed, dishonesty, and deception are closely linked to Wall Street today, and that disturbs me greatly. You've all read in the newspapers about Wall Street's dishonesty and unethical behavior. You've seen it on television, you've heard it on the radio. Unfortunately, I've stared it in the face and sometimes not even seen it, shaken its hands and not realized it, rubbed shoulders with it and not felt it, because businessmen, some of whom I have known and trusted, have been taken down amid scandal and disgrace. They have ruined careers and a scar which the world knows they will have to carry with them for the rest of their lives. And believe me, this has really given me pause for thought. I'm a businessman with numerous ideas and dreams, trying to get through each day with my conscience intact. I'm concerned about the responsibilities of various constituents which I deal with daily. Managers of our companies, shareholders, employees and their families, investors and others. It is important that good businessmen consider ethical issues right alongside business and economic issues. There is so much more that is important than just making money or doing another deal. I have no answers nor solutions for the ethical problems that we face today, but the more I think about them, the more I realize that we, as a people, as a nation, are facing an ethical crisis. Wall Street scandals loom large for me because every day I see the pain, the disruption and suspicion that is bred by dishonesty. But unethical behavior is far more pervasive than this. It goes beyond the confines of Wall Street or any segment of society. It has invaded politics. It has found its way into our finest universities. It has touched the medical profession. It has affected the media. In some ways, the picture seems very bleak indeed, and it's not possible any longer, if it were, to simply turn away or ignore it. That's why I was very enthusiastic to be able to talk to all of you, an elite group of young Americans, about this problem. You are all high achievers and have already accomplished so much, and you rightly deserve the right to succeed, to add your impressive list of accomplishments. To desire success and to strive to make your mark on the world, these are healthy sentiments which help to advance social prosperity. You are proven doers and hopefully you'll remain doers for your entire life. 
but untrammeled ambition, ambition without ethical restraint, can be very dangerous indeed. You've heard of the fast track. We are already on the fast track, all of you. It can be exciting, uplifting, and exhilarating, but it's not without its pitfalls. Very often we get caught up in the frantic pace and start looking for shortcuts to get, to get where we're going, and that's when we run into trouble. One thing that is very important to remember is that the fast track often leaves us little time to reflect on the consequences of our actions. And so increasingly concern for the consequences of our actions is pushed further and further aside until we cannot see beyond the next day, the next hour, or the next minute. Instant gratification becomes a test of our actions, and there is no room and no time to weigh the rights and wrong. Many businessmen, for example, concentrate on the deal of the hour. Others run company with an eye to short-term performance, quarter-to-quarter -quarter earnings with little thought to building value for the future. They make short-term decisions when, in fact, long-term solutions are really needed. Someday soon, each of you will be faced with important decisions that affect the lives of others, sometimes many others. Already you have been faced with decisions which demand that you consider the ethical dimension of an action. This is a state of affairs that does not diminish or become less complex as we grow older and assume greater responsibility. It becomes more complex, more frequent, and more difficult to wrestle with as time goes on. Let no one tell you that to be successful in business, you must be cutthroat, that you must leave your ethics and your morality at home on the way to the office. Healthy competition is always fair. It cannot be otherwise and make good economic sense. Even as we pursue legitimate success, I think it is very important to step off the fast track once in a while because we all need time to reflect on the consequences of our actions. Thank you.